Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We got a big hour on the program coming up later on. Chris Hine from the Star Tribune, an update on the Timberwolves. They got beat by the Kings last night. They'll be in Memphis to play the Grizzlies. Uh, we'll, we'll get more on the Timberwolves. And coming up at 535, John Shipley, who covers the Wild for the Pioneer Press, set to join. We'll have another complete scoreboard update uh, from the Big Ten, Top 25 and beyond. And get a game report from our friend Kevin Reed, who calls Bemidji State games. Bemidji State fell in the D2 playoffs today at home against Central Washington. The other game in the D2 Colorado School of Mines rolled over Augustana 56-10. to Final game of prep poll underway. Chanahasson leading the St. Thomas Academy in the 5A championship 7-0. And that is late second quarter. We'll continue to keep an eye on that. On day one, big school championship game went right down to the wire. And Centennial holds off Edina 28-27. What a finish. What a ball game. And we're visiting with the head coach of the Champ Cougars, uh, Mike Diggins. Uh, Mike, congrats to you, all the coaches, all the players, on a great win. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it had to be quite a night. Uh, Edina storms back. It came down to a two-point try. They came up great short. Uh, I came up just a little short. Your your team made a great play to stop that two-pointer, and you're the champions. Wow. Yeah, it's, you know, the last four times we've played Edina, that's the exact way it's ended. Uh, in 2017, they beat us, and then we've won the last three. And it always comes down to about the same play at the one-yard line to end the game. So it, it was it was kind of um, uh, a tough night for us on the sidelines and a little scary for us on the sidelines. I I can't imagine with so much uh, on the line. Team led it twenty-one to seven. Played a great first half. You had to be thrilled. Yeah, we we thought we played a really uh, good first half, but we knew Edina has a lot of firepower, and we knew that it it would you know come down to the wire. We were kind of figuring that out. Yeah, and you know their their quarterback just a sophomore, Mason West. I, I'm sure as you prepped for that game. You, you you knew that th- this kid can really throw it around and just a sophomore, incredible. Yeah, he's he's an outstanding kid. Uh, you're going to really hear a lot more about him as uh, the next season and his senior season. Um, he's an outstanding kid. Uh, they have two really good wide receivers and a really good running back in Warpinski, and and I can't give them enough credit. Um, that that game could have went either way last night. And it, it comes right down to it. Uh, late in the game, they get a touchdown to pull within one. They they mm-hmm. elect to go for two. And mm-hmm. watching the game at home, 
Actually, I think I was still here in studio. I was filling in for Henry Lake last night, so I was in the studio actually watching the end of that football game. And I thought to myself, you know, that that that's a gutsy call. What what was your thought when he decided to go for two in the win? Well, I I before that drive even started, I walked by my son and said something. He's our defensive coordinator and he kind of blew me off, so I, I went and told an assistant coach of, on the defense, I said, hey, they will go for two and the win. I, I would have done the same thing. Um, I think it was the right move by Edina to do that. Yeah, in, in that situation, a chance to win the game, and they came so close, and then you, your defensive players really stepped up in the middle and made a great play to keep them shy of the goal line. Talk about that play and then, you know, your reaction as you watched it unfold. Yeah, um, you know, I it was a it was a really good play call. Um, I I thought it had a little bit of trickery to it. Plus, it was a little bit of power too. Um, Melvin Wallace, one of our D tackles, uh, kind of blew up one of their lead guards, which which really helped. And then our inside linebacker, uh, Aiden Sadowski, made a play, and um, and Caden Coppersmith each kind of grabbed the leg, and um, we saw it come in, and I thought he was in. Um, and then all of a sudden you replay, you see his elbow was down and he was about a foot short. So, um, it was, it was a great play call by the Adina staff and I give them a ton of credit. Yeah. And, uh, what, what a year after a one and three start, Jason Potts <laughs> leads them back all the way to prep bowl, that big semifinal win over Eden period and came oh so close <laughs> centennial. Uh, prevails and Jays Frederick did a neat piece on Centennial football in the lead up uh, to prep bowl and how how close uh, Centennial came once upon a time and then to finally yep. climb that mountain and win a title it means a ton to the community doesn't it Mike it, it does and you could you could tell if you looked at the attendance there last night it was unbelievable it was a sea of red um, our community um, loves their sport programs they support us they're very positive um it's very positive always um and our parents and our booster club and everything is very supportive so it was nice to finish it off um and and get a win to help all that and reward the community Mike Diggins joining us, head coach, 6A champ, Centennial. They beat Edina in a thriller. This is one people are going to talk about uh, for a long time, and he joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And it really is a community effort because when I've been to Centennial, whether it's for a swim meet, you've got a great swimming and diving facility there. The, the football stadium is is terrific. Uh, they, they've put money into the arena, which which is on campus as well. I mean, you, you, you've really got it going on, and you can tell the community cares because of what they put into the facilities. Yeah, um, our community does whatever it needs to get, you know, help kids out. And that's the main thing. They help kids out. And it doesn't, it, they really, it, it doesn't matter if, you know, if you win or lose. They're just trying to help kids and be successful. And that's the main thing, you know. And, and I'm, I'm super proud. I graduated from Centennial High School way back when and it came a long ways and i'm super proud of this community and our school yeah and and that that's got to make it especially gratifying i i know as a coach you put so much into it but 
you know, to be a grad and, and come back and be the head football coach and, and get there and get the title. That's got to be awesome, Mike. Yeah, our programs came a long ways. And, you know, it started with Jerry Grant and back in the 70s and early 80s. And then Mike Watson took it another another level. And, and um, Mike Watson did a, a super job with the program and, and built it up. And then we've just taken a little bit farther with our weight room. And, um, you know, I, I can't say enough about my staff that is really dedicated to football. It's, it's I think, the best staff in the state of Minnesota. Um, they they prepare our kids to win football games. Yeah, and, you know, the Northwest <laughs> Suburban uh, Great League, all sports. I mean, there, there's, there's no doubt you, you guys got into this tournament, certainly battle-tested. Yeah, I, I think people kind of underlook the North District a little bit. And, you know, the last two champions have came out of the North now. And, you know, in the past we've had Osseo in there and Maple Grove yep. again couple times and um you know blaine's always a, a a strong power in there um and i think you're seeing a really an uptick a little bit in the anoka program it came a long ways and they're they're going to be heard next year they're a very good program and i think coon rapids nick russell's done a super job in coon rapids well mike once again congrats just an unbelievable finish to that football team and uh, it, it was one of those games where it was a shame someone had to lose, but uh, Centennial comes out on top and gets a trophy, and it's something that uh, people are going to remember for a long time. And thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, there he is, Mike Diggins, uh, head coach, Centennial Cougars, the 6A champs. And by the way, St. Thomas Academy is tied up. Chan 7-7 with two to go in quarter number two, but uh, the Storm are driving and uh, they're, they're outstanding running back. Woods, uh, another long run to put them in scoring position. So uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Oh, by the way, when we come back, uh, we're, we're going to talk Timberwolves with Chris Hine. But first, we've got to get a game report out of the D2 playoffs. Kevin Reed covers Bemidji State Beavers, and they were hosting Central Washington today. And uh, Kev filed this report. Chan's taking a 14-7 lead over St. Thomas Academy late second half in that 5A title game to close it out there. Timberwolves are idle. They are back at it. They will be on the road downriver in Memphis against the Grizzlies on Sunday, 5 o'clock start. Kind of looking forward to that. And the man who covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune, Chris Hine, joins us. Chris, how you been? I'm good, Steve. How you doing? Yeah, good. Uh, the, the the Timberwolves' rare disappointment in a loss to the Kings Friday night in that in-season tournament at Target Center last night. Things had been going so well, it almost seemed inevitable, and the Kings kind of spoiled the Friday night party. Yeah, the first home loss of the season comes, I think it was their eighth home game of the year, so they're yeah. seven and one at home. Um, you know, it, it, it felt a little different. Um, you're so used to seeing them win, win at home. Uh, you know, and the defense kind of let them down last night, which has been such a such a strong point to the season. Sacramento came out, was able to move the ball, get some open looks from three, and they were hitting a lot of them early on in the night. And that kind of set the tone for the, for the rest of the game. It was interesting that it was kind of – it was very quiet in the Wolves locker room after the game. I hadn't really experienced that yet this year, even after some of the losses. 
that they've had. Um, so they seem to take that one, uh, I think, a little a little harder than maybe some of their other losses this year. But Sunday is a is a chance to really rebound uh, against Memphis, who's been kind of decimated by injuries and Morant's suspension. Um, might might end up being possibly their easiest road game of the season uh, on paper, at least entering it. Yeah, three and twelve so far uh, this season. Before they return to Target Center on Tuesday night and take on the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that that's quite a story with Chad Holmgren and and company. But um, about the team itself, um, so far this year, take away the the Kings' loss last night. Um, and the Jaden McDaniels injury as well. Um, it, it's just been a completely different look and feel around this team. It seems as though that after last year and this off season and with with camp kind of going normally, that that people have found their roles. They're playing together. They're playing well in general defensively. With with that lapse uh, that you alluded to Friday night, um, it, it, it's been a phenomenal start yeah i think you kind of hit on it there where they had a very kind of normal training camp everybody was healthy um as opposed to last year when you know carl and rudy were each kind of battling different things Uh, and then of course carl had the injury uh, early in the season last year um but that's that's kind of what it's been it's been very kind of normal they got off to a really good start because of that. They were able to develop chemistry in training camp. I think it shows you how valuable that can be, that they didn't have that time last year, and they came out really looking uh, uneven at best all season. Um, and the fact that they've been able to stick together, be together for so long, get what their defensive principles are going to be, practice it with each other, figure out an an offensive chemistry, which is coming along at a a little slower pace, I think, than their defensive effort, but it's, but it's getting there Um, has been, has been huge for, for them to start this season, you know, a little bit of schedule luck here and there as well. They've, they've benefited from not having to face, you know, people like uh, Joel Embiid and they dodged Zion Williamson twice uh, on the schedule. Uh, Stephen Curry was injured for one of the Warriors matchups. Um, but listen, you can only play the teams that are in front of you. And last year they weren't beating those teams in those kind of situations. This time they are. And it's one of the reasons why they're currently tied for the best record in the Western Conference. And on the flip side of that, they really haven't been on the bad side of the schedule too much to this point, with maybe the game in Phoenix standing out as one where it's like that that, that was pretty tough. Coming out of Golden State, going into Phoenix, and they're they're good, and Kevin Durant and company. Yeah, that's that was going to be always going to be one of their toughest uh, kind of schedule turnarounds of the season because you're the back to back. You're you're also losing an hour. Uh, in terms of time time zones, I don't know that they that, that happens again this season. I have to go back and look at the schedule. But as somebody as somebody who travels a lot to the games, I, I'm I'm well acquainted with how their how their road schedule is set up, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And just for my purposes, I was looking at that. And I'm like, oh boy, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I don't think that's going to happen any other time uh, this season where they have that that kind of brutal of a back to back scenario. Yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts on this, though. You, you, you make a living covering the NBA, and, and I still think the NBA isn't doing enough 
to smooth out some of the bumps in the schedule. And I know the challenge is teams want home games on Friday nights and Saturday nights. I mean, that is gold in the NBA. That's what they want. And because of that, it's inevitable you're going to have back-to-backs. But, you know, there's still 82 games. They're trying to jam it in, and you're going to have – a lot of big stars where they're trying to protect these guys because 82 games is a ton. Well, it's it's interesting because they're trying to, you know, mandate that players play more now, right? Or the stars sure. play more at the very least, right? So they're they're trying to have it every every way that they can, and you know, teams have complained about back to backs. They're not they're not going away. But I do think the league has done at least a little bit of a better job in trying to schedule those. Um, Sometimes you play a back-to-back in the same city, which is a little less, you know, wear and tear on the body. At least you can get a good night's sleep in that scenario. Um, yep. You know, I, 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 but they're not going away, like you said, when it comes to wanting home teams wanting the weekend night gates. Um, but I think, you know, what's interesting about the Wolves in, in this scenario is they want to push their guys to play, you know, and, and they're not trying to rest guys or looking for windows on the schedule where they could sit Rudy or Ant or Carl. Um, they, they are very much of the mind, and Chris Finch was talking about this the other night, that they want to play. They want to develop a mindset of you're always, if you're available to play, you should play. It, it develops a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a toughness, I think they feel like, even if you have a little soreness, not an injury, but maybe you're not, you know, feeling a hundred percent, but you're not, you know, at risk of being seriously injured, um, they want you to they want you to play play through it, um, and I think they believe that come playoff time, when you have to play in those situations when you when you might not be a hundred percent but you are available to play that you that you kind of have the muscle memory and the the mental toughness to push through in a playoff series uh, that might be a game six or a game seven when you're when you're otherwise exhausted. Yeah, and speaking of uh, games coming up after Memphis, quick trip home to the cities, and they get Oklahoma City and Chet Holmgren, and that that figures to be a hot ticket. And, and this kid's off to a great start in his NBA career, and nobody is surprised. There they are. He's he's going to be a he's going to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. Him and Wimbanyama, I think, is going to be a great duo to follow. I was just watching a little bit of their game uh, before I got on the phone with you with Philadelphia that's going on right now. Um, listen, he's he looks phenomenal. Um, you know, almost looks. And it's like it's 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 crazy to think of how ready he is to to be in the NBA and like how good he looks this early in his career. You know, you, you never quite know. You think you have an idea when when people come to the NBA, but it's never a given when when you're a high draft pick. Look at James Wiseman, you know, from a few years ago who got drafted behind Anthony Edwards. Um, but what Chet has done early in this season and what that Oklahoma City team has done. Uh, early this season is, is really remarkable. It's going to be a fun matchup on Tuesday night, and that team is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Western Conference for years to come. They have such a such a drawer of young talent to draw from, so many draft picks from other teams that they can turn into you know players down the road. That's going to that's a dangerous franchise for everybody in the Western Conference to be going up against the next five to ten years for sure. Yeah, 19-4, two assists, two blocks in the game. 
and they're still pretty early in the third quarter. So uh, Chet Holmgren, uh, the Thunder in the 76ers right now. Hey, Chris, uh, always good to visit with you. Great job on the beat covering the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune. Thanks, Steve. Always a pleasure to chat with you. There he is, Chris Hine from the Star Tribune, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll have an update on the weather. We'll talk wild. John Shipley from the Pioneer Press. It has been a tough go of it uh, for the Minnesota Wild. And then uh, we'll close it out. Big scoreboard. Jonathan Lowe, Big Ten Top 25 rivalry Saturday. Before we say goodbye at 6 here on News Talk. E3OWC. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It has not been a good stretch for the Wild. They went overseas to Sweden. They, they did get points. Uh, lost in a shootout to Ottawa, did get uh, that game with the Leafs to overtime before falling 4-3. to three. They got back at it a Friday night at the XL Energy Center, losing to the Colorado Avalanche 3-2. to two. They will be in Detroit Sunday for a noon game with the Red Wings before returning home to take on the Blues on Tuesday night in St. Paul. Tough stretch. Dean Evison is annoyed. Bill Guerin is annoyed. Uh, the the players looking around the room trying to figure out. John Shipley covers it all for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. John, good to visit with you. Nice to be here. Thanks. Yeah, it it has been a tough COVID. Uh, it, it it has not been a good start to the season for the Wild. I don't think uh, anyone really expected this. Uh, I was just writing this like team that won. 46-something games in that last year, 103 points, uh, virtually the same team, uh, and they just look lifeless. Um, really haven't, I would say, haven't played a really solid full game all year. And this is, they played their 18th game last night. Yeah, and th- there's, there's been a lot of, well, you know, you, you, you lose players like Matt Dumba, can't afford it, the salary cap, so on and so forth. But it, it really is a lot of different things with this team. Inconsistent play on the blue line, inconsistent goaltending, and then your superstar, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, just mm-hmm. he struggled. I mean, it's a yeah. lot. He, um, <clears throat> I think they really do miss Dumba. Um, but, and, and the cap space really is an issue because, for instance, the, to bring Goligoski back, they had to send Letary and uh, – Mermis down. Mermis has been okay. Letary's been okay. They don't have those guys sitting in the box or whatever to put in the lineup if someone isn't playing well. Um, that's a that's a big that's a bigger deal than maybe you'd think. Um, and then they're just boy, people like uh, Boldy has been down. Marcus Johansson, I think, has one goal in 18 games. Um, th- those are guys they need. To score, Kirill will be fine. He looked good last night, I thought, and he—you can tell—he cares and it bothers him. Um, I think he'll be fine, uh, but boy, they really need—they need Boldy 
to score. He had 31 goals last year, and that's why they signed him to that big contract. That they, he's, it's big time now. You're making big time money. You got to start scoring some goals. And do, do you feel, John, that that the, the Spurgeon injury along the way didn't help matters as well? I mean, he's such a big part yeah. of it, and all of that. That him being out of the lineup and not available was kind of something that led to this funk, if you will. It didn't help. Yeah. Um, it certainly, it, yeah, it was an issue, and they were they were without Boldy looked great in the first two games, but I, I don't think they've won a game with Spurgeon back. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't. I just feel like there's a general, like, lamaze or what's the word, malaise around this team yeah. right now. They just you you see them. They come out. They might come out, you know, for a minute, and then they just kind of, kind of float around. Like Lamar, when I covered the Wild a long time ago, Lamar used to call them passengers. They had too many passengers yeah. tonight, and that that's kind of what it feels like. There's a lot of passengers uh, from the top. From the lines, from the from the skaters up front, I think the defense is doing the best it can, but they need some of those, you know, quote unquote, skill guys. To re- they need guys to get to the net. They need the guys to do the dirty stuff, and and you don't see it. I mean, I, I don't know how much you watch them, but how many times do you see maybe a puck pop into the crease and there isn't a wild player within five feet? You know, they're just not getting into those areas and that's where they score score goals on deflections and rebounds and they're just not there. Jenton Shipley joining us from the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com covers of the wild and joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. What about the goaltending scenario? Philip Gustafson was a huge surprise a year ago. I mean, he was uh-huh. a guy they picked up in the trade with Ottawa. He came over and he was really good in stretches, carried the club. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you have the future Hall of Famer, Marc-Andre Fleury. Your thoughts on the goaltending at this point? It hasn't It hasn't been great, but I don't think that's the issue. I think it's the play in front of him. You know, yeah. Fleury is so – he's such a throwback, you know, his style. So you can kind of see if things aren't going well for him, he, he just – gives up a lot of goals. Gustafson is solid. You know, I, I, I thought he looked good the last couple games he played. He's going to make the saves he needs to make. A lot of the, one of the ones last night was deflected. He had no shot on. Um, I, I think he's, and I think Fleury, so I think Fleury still got a lot of hockey in them too. They have the goaltending to, to win games. They have the goaltending to make the playoffs. I, I don't think that's the issue. I think it's, the play up front. They were giving up four goals a game. Uh, that's not all. That's not all on the goaltenders. It's yeah. That I, and I don't think management thinks that either. I think they think they believe they have the goaltending, and I would agree with them. And you, you brought up kind of the general malaise and how maybe shift in, shift out. There isn't the effort required. In yeah. the past, in the NHL, that's big trouble for a coach. And and you would think you, you you can't get rid of all the players, and and that that's why you know whether or not you love Dean Evason or not or Bill Guerin loves them. Sometimes in the NHL or in any pro sport, sometimes you got to make a change. Yeah, um, I don't think they're there yet. I think they gotta. I mean, look, D- Dean—he's pulled just about every lever he can pull. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
and I don't know how much. I mean, you do. Coach does have to get his guys going. I I agree with that totally. But you know, he would if they fired him, he would be escaped. You know, it's not. This is not his fault. This is on guys. You know, a lot of these guys signed just signed extensions. You know, um, they they look a little comfortable. You know, they turn it on for I don't know ten minutes and they kind of disappear. The team also they're they're so used to losing now i hate to say it but they haven't won a game since november 4th that when something goes wrong you can kind of see the air go out of the balloon that's why it's kind of a good sign last night that they did rally from two down to to tie that game but at the same time you you know you can't come out of every game and say well we have something to build on but you don't have any points and they're they're in real danger of falling. They're the third worst team in hockey right now. I think fourth worst team in the NHL. They, if you if you didn't follow the Wild and you didn't watch them, you'd look at the standings. You'd be like, well, they're done, and you'd probably be right. But yeah. when you get close to it, you're like, well, they they can do it and they can get better and they and I think they can. They have the talent, but they're very thin. They have no cap space, and they haven't been accruing space because of the injuries. So they got a they got a long, steep hill to climb here. And uh, they get Detroit tomorrow on a matinee. Hey, John, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Uh, you bet. Thanks, Steve. Bye. There he is, John Shipley, Pioneer Press Online, TwinCities.com. Red Wings in Detroit tomorrow at noon, and then the Blue is back here on Tuesday night, and then at Nashville on Thursday at 7. So they, they, they come fast and furious, and the other teams are not going to show you any mercy we'll come back big scoreboard big 10 top 25 rivalry weekend thanksgiving weekend we'll take a look at the d2 and d3 playoffs and one more scoreboard update from prep it's all on the way in a moment here on news talk e3owcco bad day at the u will have more with jonathan lowell in a moment over at u.s bank stadium final game of prep 5a championship Channing Hassan leads St. Thomas Academy 21-7 early in the third. Maxwell Woods, the storm running back, another touchdown run. He has been dominating. D2 playoffs, bad news for the Northern Sun. Colorado School of Mines blew out Augustana 56-10 in Golden, Colorado. And Central Washington won at Bemidji State 21-17. D3 playoffs. Uh, good news for the WIAC. Lacrosse beat Aurora 56-35. Whitewater down Wheaton 49-42. And our friends in Iowa, Wartburg, a winner over Whitworth 42-20. Huge upset in the D3 playoffs. Alma beat Mount Union 24-20. Alma scored 24 in the fourth to rally for the win there. Let's jump over to the Big Ten, the top 25, and bring in Jonathan Lowe. Thank you very much, Steve. Let's go ahead and get this done rapidly as we go through a college football Saturday, uh, Saturday in the fall. Y'all, let's start in the Big Ten. It is over at Huntington Bank Stadium. Wisconsin has got the axe back. Minnesota is not eligible for a bowl. They lose their last four of the season to finish 5-7, and 28-14 the final. It could also be curtains for Illinois on their bowl bid. They trail Northwestern 45-37 with just under three minutes to play. Rutgers is down 
at home to Maryland early in the fourth quarter, 35-17. Earlier today, Purdue defeats Indiana 35-31. It was number three Michigan taking down number two Ohio State 30-24. Yesterday, number 17 Iowa defeated Nebraska 13-10. Number 11 Penn State over Michigan State 42-0. To the top 25 scoreboard, it is getting late in Auburn. Number eight Alabama may have a flag on them. They are third and goal at the 26-yard line with about 145 to play down to Auburn 24 to 20 number 15 Arizona leading late in the fourth quarter over Arizona State 59 23 number 20 uh, Oklahoma State a bid in the Big 12 championship game on the line they trail against BYU with five and a half to go 24 21 number 25 Liberty will get to 12 and 0 on the season they're going to defeat UTEP 42 to 21 Maybe 28, but probably 21. Number 21, Tennessee. They are up early in the fourth quarter on Vanderbilt, 45-17. Number four, Washington. Leads Washington State in the Apple Cup early fourth quarter, 21-14. Earlier today, number 14, LSU, comes back to beat Texas A&M, 42-30. Number 10, Louisville, loses their second game of the year against Kentucky, 38-31. Coming up later tonight, number five, Florida State, will take on Florida. Number 18, Notre Dame, will be at Stanford. Number 24, Clemson, goes to South Carolina. Number one, Georgia travels to Georgia Tech. Number 19, Kansas State will host Iowa State. Number 22, NC State will host a triangle, a research triangle rival North Carolina. Yesterday, it was number 13, Oklahoma, defeating TCU 69-45. Number 23, Tulane, takes down UTSA 29-16. Number 9, Missouri, beats Arkansas 48-14. Number 7, Texas, big over Texas Tech 57-7. Number 6, Oregon, defeats number 16, Oregon State 31-7. Number 12, Ole Miss, over Mississippi State on Thursday night 17-7. To the FCS, we did have several teams in action from the Missouri Valley today. North Dakota loses to Sacramento State 42-35. North Dakota State rolls Drake 66-3. Youngstown State leads Duquesne 24-7 at the half. Southern Illinois shuts out Nichols 35-0. So next week, it'll be number three, South Dakota, hosting Sacramento State. Number one, South Dakota State will host Mercer as the South Dakota schools get going in the playoffs. It is fourth and goal again uh, again at Auburn. Fourth and goal with Alabama trying to get in the end zone to take the lead and keep their shot at a CFP spot alive. Next week, we have the schedule, basically have the schedule for the for championship week. There are a few games still to be decided. New Mexico State will take on Liberty in the Conference USA Championship Friday night. It will be Oregon against Washington in the Pac-12 Championship Friday night. Texas will take on either Oklahoma State or Oklahoma in the Big 12 Championship Saturday morning. It'll be Miami of Ohio against Toledo in the MAC Championship Saturday morning. Georgia takes on Alabama in the SEC Championship Saturday afternoon. SMU will take on Tulane for the American Championship. Championship Saturday afternoon. It'll be Troy ta- uh, Troy hosting the Sun Belt Championship on Saturday. Michigan will take on Iowa next week, and Louisville will take on Florida State and the Big Twelve or Big Ten and S- ACC championships respectively. So a lot of stuff going on, Steve. As we get down to it, the last wow. few minutes of action as Alabama goes for it on fourth down, they have to get it in the end zone. And the pass to the end zone is complete. Touchdown. Instant update. Alabama in the corner of the end zone gets the touchdown with 32 seconds to play. They're up 27 to 24 against Auburn. Wow. Iron Bowl. Memories. 
being made at the moment. Over at Preble U.S. Bank Stadium, we mentioned uh, the final game of the day, 5A championship. Chantney has been leading St. Thomas Academy 21-7. What a performance for Maxwell Woods. 14 carries, 192 yards. It's early in the third. He already has two touchdowns, averaging almost 14 yards a carry as long, 76 in this game. So Maxwell Woods having a day for the storm as they lead that 5A title game. Big thanks to Josh Wheeler and Jonathan Lowe. I'm Steve Thompson. Have a great night.